We started to slice and dice our data in, in a variety of different ways to try and understand what is the problem here and, and how we could do a better job of becoming a healthcare system that really minimizes missed healthcare opportunity and also decreases the losses to our healthcare system if we were saving slots for patients and they were not showing up. With an interview focused on no-shows, patients who don't show up for their appointments, you might expect a discussion solely focused on the huge cost this has on healthcare systems, and it does. As you'll quickly hear though, when you have two pioneers like Dr. Puneet Bhargava, professor of radiology at the University of Washington, and Christopher Hall, senior director of advanced concept development radiology solutions at Philips, when they put their collective genius to the problem, it comes right back to looking at data in a way that puts the patient front and center where it should be. You're listening to Philips Imaging Connections, straight talk from imaging professionals that explores bright ideas, best practices, and unique perspectives. I'm Mark Karachki. Joining us today, we have Dr. Puneet Bhargava, Professor of Radiology at the University of Washington, and Christopher Hall, Senior Director of Advanced Concept Development Radiology Solutions at Philips. Dr. Bhargava, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So let's start out. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in the subject of no-shows? Well, the story is um, quite interesting. Um, it's a few years old now. Um, in those days, I used to be a staff radiologist at the Veterans Affairs uh, Puget Sound Healthcare System here in Seattle. And one morning, I was scheduled to do uh, GI fluoroscopy studies, and I had about eight or so patients. And as uh, luck would have it, um, none of them showed up for their appointment. They either just didn't show up or they called and canceled. Now, Eight is a little too many for my comfort. So I figured there's there's something that we did wrong here. So my first gut reaction was maybe maybe it was a scheduling glitch and maybe we forgot to remind our patients. So I had a lot of time that morning and none of my patients were showing up. So I went to our scheduling supervisor and started asking questions about how we schedule our patients and what's our system of reminding them. And then in particular, what happened that morning. And I asked them to show me their call logs. And to my surprise, I found out that there was nothing unusual that had happened that morning as far as the scheduling side of things is concerned. And every patient was called like usual. The appointments were set in advance. The reminders went out. But the patients didn't show up. So I was pretty confused. I still didn't understand what was going on. So we did a little quality improvement project at the VA diving into a few hundred patients um, who did not show up for their imaging appointments. And there were two standout findings from our from our first study. And then the first one was that a lot of these patients had a history of no-show behavior. And I don't particularly, as I do more of this work, I don't really like the word no-show because it puts the onus on the patient. Missed care opportunity is probably a, a better terminology, but because most people don't understand missed care opportunity as well as no-show, we're going to use it interchangeably. 
The second finding that, that stood out was that um, most of these patients had a very lengthy, complicated history of mental health conditions, and most of them were actually suffering from PTSD. And these patients with mental health uh, conditions will actually compensate by not showing up for their radiology visit. And this finding was very exciting because for, for the first time, we, we had some reason to explain why why this was happening. Now, the second part of the story is that while we were doing this work, I switched employers and I started working at the University of Washington. And one day I, I started asking questions uh, to our administrators. I started asking them, so what is our exact no-show rate? And I didn't get a perfect response like, oh, we've been monitoring this very closely and this is our exact percentage. But they were kind of curious, too. They were like, so why are you asking? Because it's really low, and we don't think it's a problem. So I said, okay, I understand that, but is it okay if I dived a little bit deeper into our in, in, into our data and figured out what it is? Because I'm fascinated by this idea of uh, patient no-shows. And, and I was told, you know, be my guest. And so I, I started looking in into what our no-show rate, or better still, a missed care opportunity rate is at the University of Washington. That's where he started working with Chris Hall, data scientist from Philips. Chris's team had been doing other work with the university focused on using data to improve workflow in radiology. As it turns out, the university had maintained a decade's worth of records on patients that didn't show up for their appointments. That gave Dr. Bhargava and Chris Hall's teams a unique data set that they could use to really dig into the root causes of no-shows. But before we get to that, I wanted to understand the scope and the cost of this problem. Dr. Bhargava offered some perspective. On January 2nd of this year, there was a new news item that was released in the UK. Now, remember, UK is a much smaller country than we are in terms of the size of the healthcare system. And they found out that um, if if they did uh, they did an analysis of the cost of um, no shows in their healthcare system, and they found out that that in about a year uh, it's one billion pounds, not one billion dollars, but one billion pounds. And the tagline of the news was that if they were able to remedy the situation, they could have funded one million cataract operations within their healthcare system. So that is a huge cost of uh, of this behavior. Now, people are not tuned in because this is a hidden cost. If you don't track it, you don't see it, it just gets buried in the daily workflow of the hospital and the healthcare system. And it's not really busy. It doesn't actually show up uh, on, on charts and stuff like that with a dollar amount that an administrator can, can look at. Well, those those are some pretty compelling statistics. It, it doesn't sound like you would need to uh, do a lot of uh, convincing to get a study like that underway. I, I'm I'm curious, uh, being at the University of Washington Health System, do you do you know? Let's say we look at a hypothetical department that would be a medium-sized healthcare center that is affiliated with with a big or medium-sized university and. And let's say the center would do about 200,000 exams per year on an average. And if we take just Medicare reimbursement rates, which are actually uh, quite a bit below 
the, 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 the market values and just look at the top six imaging tests that would be done in this department and then apply the, the no-show rates that uh, have been published in the literature. We actually found that the lost revenue from just the top six studies in such an institution would be about $700,000. And if you add a couple of other tests, you know, this cost would easily exceed a million dollars. So if a healthcare system could could actually look at the cost of the equipment, the consumables, the bills they have to pay, and the man hours lost in scheduling, getting getting insurance approvals for all of these patients, and if it's not, and if we're still not providing care on all these opportunities, and people are not not able to show up uh, at the right time, and they miss their appointments. That, that's a lot of waste in a healthcare system. We would ideally, you know, do every effort to to fix it, more so uh, to provide better care, but also to decrease uh, these hidden losses, which nobody really sees. I asked Dr. Bargava about his initial hypothesis for why patients miss appointments. At the VA, he had identified mental health issues as a factor, but at the university system, it could be a lot of things. Maybe patients were disorganized or it was hard for them to get off work. Maybe it was out-of-pocket costs or socioeconomic factors. And then there's access. What about people who live far away, not to mention getting there during bad weather? So many factors to consider, but a lot of data. Here's where Chris Hall comes in. Chris leads an advanced concept development team at Philips. I asked him to explain how they made sense of it all. So when you were looking at a lot of that data, I understand that you were doing some data merging to better understand how demographic factors also might affect the no-shows. How did that work, and and what did you learn from that? We took a look at the data that was in the clinical system, and that's largely revolves around uh, characteristics of the appointment itself and maybe some of the characteristics of the patient, uh, such as their age or their gender or their marital status. But then we also looked to see whether or not we could look at external factors that are not recorded in the clinical systems, but are still just as important. And a lot of those revolve around some of the family situations and economic situations for the patients. And to do that, we decided to merge a lot of the information we had about specific patients with more generic information obtainable through the census itself. And so with that information, along with Other information about their location of where they live, which implies both the traffic and distance they have to travel to get to the clinic, along with even other external factors like weather, we were able to bring all of those together in a way that allowed us to then have a a relatively accurate model around uh, predicting the likelihood of an OSHA. In our model, we found that we could predict quite accurately whether a patient would not show up about 80% of the time, uh, which is... uh, which allowed us then to incorporate that model into changes in the way that um, schedulers might schedule patients or you might handle contacting different patients at different times. One of the things that really struck me about Dr. Bargaba's approach is the fact that he saw preventing no-shows not only as a way to eliminate waste and cost in the system, but also as part of his greater responsibility to provide the best possible care for patients. I really love the way that you're, uh, you've approached this because, to your earlier point, it takes the onus away from just the patient and this idea of a no-show and really looks at all of those hidden factors. Um, it's, it's a real amazing application of how you use data analytics to predict human behavior. 
And, and now that you have some of these predictive models, are there specific tactics or programs that imaging services should be thinking about to implement that type of change in behavior for their patient population? Yes, I'm. I'm so glad we're 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 talking about predictive modeling and how we can actually you know make a difference with this problem. So first of all, having the ability to to develop and test and refine a predictive model based on past behavior is that this model can be can be used when these the same patients uh, show up for new imaging appointments. Now let's say a patient is is scheduled to get an imaging study and based on their past behavior they have for a variety of reasons not shown up for 80% of their past imaging appointments then then we have to figure out what are we going to do with with a patient who is probably not likely to show up for yet another imaging appointment now the the strategies would be well we're going to remind this patient as a priority we're going to find an imaging center that is pretty close to where they live we should ask them about you know whether they have enough money to pay for this healthcare visit and if they're if they're in the hospital anyway would they be open to getting that imaging study today if at all there's a possibility that we might be able to accommodate them that's really great. I'm, I'm wondering, Dr. Bargava, are there other steps that come to mind that imaging services should be considering, you know, to address a problem like this? If, for example, maybe they're not in a position to do their own study, for example. So um, there's a, there's a quite a few things that we can do. So first of all, it's good for an institution to have a policy on on patient no-shows or missed care opportunities. For example, we should open uh, slots on the weekend. So if if people can show up during the week because they have a job uh, that they can't miss, uh, miss a workday, then probably they'll be compliant if we offer Saturday morning imaging slots. If we have a patient like the one I was talking about, uh, previous 80% risk of no-show behavior, we might want to double book them or book them at the end of the day. Or And if they show up, we'll, we'll pay... Uh, somebody overtime to get their imaging done, but we have to have a policy, and and we have to study the this 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 no show problem in in our healthcare system and identify where the no show rates are the highest. So what I'm trying to say is there are areas within a, a large department where fixing no show rate by one to two percent is actually pretty low-hanging fruit. And if you could invest in either having the technology to do this or having just some data or training your schedulers, the payback is is huge because a lot of the imaging studies are, are very expensive if you look at the cost of an MRI or a PET scan. And just not being able to fill just a few slots is a huge loss to the healthcare system. So if you take uh, strong, concrete steps to make small changes, I think the payoff will be will be huge. And I think we Will, we will, in this process, improve patient outcomes. That's, that's super helpful, Dr. Bargava. I really appreciate it. I'm just, you know, before we close the podcast for our listeners, is there anything else that you'd like to share with your peers about the way you're working to shape the future of imaging with data and, and you know, with patients first and foremost? 
Yes. I mean, first of all, I'd like to thank Philips for bringing their expertise to some of these ideas. We as physicians do understand the areas where we could do so much more, but having the the technology, having the the skills of um, people who are who are experts in machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, predictive analytics has been been huge uh, for our group here at the University of Washington. We we. We have the common goal of fixing a very difficult problem, but you can't fix anything until you understand the magnitude of the problem and what the data actually tells us. So if any other institution was, was going to try to do what we're trying to do here is to fix their miscare opportunity problem, then I think what they need to do is to put together a, a team of data scientists uh, and clinicians, radiologists, and study their data, identify which pockets in their healthcare system are are not very efficient, in which areas are patients uh, not showing up for their imaging appointments. And then go after those because uh, really decreasing the no-show rate in in that area by a few percentage points is is actually not that hard. And once you start to see the value of of this kind of work, it, it is not long before the momentum will carry you through and you will be tackling this in every every area of your department. That's really excellent advice. Thank you so much. And and Dr. Bargava, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to uh, share your thoughts in this great study and the work that you're doing at University of Washington with us. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Just before we close up the podcast, Chris, is there anything else that you would like to share with your peers about the way that you're working to shape the future of imaging, specifically with data? So I think that the future of, of the business of medicine and particularly that of medical imaging is largely going to be driven by uh, data and insights. And so it's not just data by itself, but it's the insight that you gain by combining it with the deep knowledge that someone like Dr. Bargava and his team bring about the clinical workflow and the contextual knowledge and combining that with the clever analysis of the data itself. So to do that, you need to have multidisciplinary teams of both data scientists and clinicians coming together to solve problems. And that's probably one of the biggest innovations about the work that we did. It's not the work in itself, but it's actually being able to put together that structure where we have both scientists and clinicians. So I think for me, the most exciting thing about our collaboration and work in general is this aspect of bringing people together. Well, Chris just captured the entire reason we're doing Philips Imaging Connection, so that's a perfect close. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Bargava and Chris Hall's research and methodology, or other research referenced in the podcast, check out the podcast notes at philips.com forward slash imaging connections. Make sure to catch every episode of Philips Imaging Connections and sign up for our podcast series on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And while you're at it, tell a friend or two. I'm Mark Karachki. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.